The Way BK podcast is dedicated to pursuing and promoting a true understanding of Jesus Christ and the transformation he provides for all who submit to him to live in a way that is pleasing to God as revealed in the Bible. Let's join our hosts as they discuss The Way. Everybody, welcome back to The Way BK podcast. We're talking about the Gospel of Mark lately, and we've been looking at stories in the life of Jesus, concentrating on how to follow in the way of Jesus. It's good to learn facts and have knowledge from the Bible and from the stories in the scriptures, but if whenever we're reading, learning these, we're not trying to figure out how to follow Jesus, then it really doesn't matter. Whenever Jesus, uh, before he left earth, he said, make disciples, make disciples, teaching them, baptizing them, teaching them, etc. So what we're trying to do is become true disciples who really follow Jesus, who really love him and serve him. And that's our real goal with all this stuff. So we've been talking about the Gospel of Mark, and today we're going to be looking at the end of Mark chapter 3 and going into the first part of Mark chapter um, 4. And I, I don't know what the best way is to frame up these this little section we're going to look at, but I think one of the ways to think about it in an overarching way is uh, setting the right goals and pursuing those goals when it comes to religion. It's easy to pursue a lot of things, our own ends, our own... Um, uh, satisfaction, accomplishment, whatever. What we're going to see in these stories is we want to pursue God's will. That's the real key. And that means listening to God and doing what he says. What do you think about all that? This uh, first story here, I think, really kind of hits that on the head. Whoever does the will of God, uh, he's my brother, my sister, and my mother. What God wants from us is a willingness to submit to him as our creator and to simply listen to him and do what he says. Yeah. So with that in mind, let's let's just read a little bit here in Mark chapter 3. Um, so Mark chapter 3, we left off last time talking about the apostles and Jesus calling the apostles to serve him and to follow him and to do his will and to do his work in the world. Well, starting in Mark chapter 3 and verse 22, we got this interesting discussion, which we may end up coming back to, where Jesus is accused of uh, not working for God, but working for the devil, essentially. Mm. And uh, Jesus says, well, you guys... Uh, Actually, the fact that I'm here, I'm not working for the devil. I'm casting out the devil and his work. Right. And, by the way, if you're rejecting the stuff I'm doing, you're rejecting really God himself. You're blaspheming against the Holy Spirit to claim that what I'm doing is of a evil spirit. Right. But verses 31 through 35 are, are the, the key of what we want to think about a little bit. So I'll read it and then uh, tee you up here. Uh, what, what, do we, what do we need to see here? Mark 3, verse 31. And his mother and brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him, that is Jesus, and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, All your mother and brothers are outside seeking you. And Jesus answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Not exactly what you'd expect. Hey, mama's looking for you. Your brothers are looking who's, for you. Who's mom? Who's mom? Who's my mama? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how about that for an insulted thing? Uh, so much for honoring your father and mother, right? Feels that way. Um, definitely at first glance, this is kind of a shocking story, you know. Um, and Jesus' reaction is, I think, especially shocking. Who are my mother and my brothers? However, um, we have to recall that it, 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 we're, in, we're in the midst of a period in Jesus' life where Jesus is extremely 
popular among right. the crowds. Right. Um, and uh, and lots of people are looking for him, and lots of people are following him. But many of the people that are looking for him, and many of the people that are even following him, are not following him for the right. We might say the right reasons. Mm-hmm. They're not really seeking what they what what they actually need um, from him. And I think this is Jesus' way of kind of shocking the crowd into recognizing, like, hey, it's not just about, you know, the kingdom of God is not about bloodlines. Right. It's not about, it's not about uh, you know, sharing the same DNA, sharing the same um, genealogy. The kingdom of God is ultimately about uh, a willingness to submit to Jesus and to submit to God as king. Um, king of my heart, king of my life. And for that reason, Jesus, I think, makes it clear here, the real, I guess, the real criteria for whether or not you're part of my family or not has little to do with your blood. It has more to do with your relationship with God and your willingness to submit to what he says. Yeah, yeah. I love this story because I think it brings out two really important goals that when you're following Jesus uh, should be clarified. Number one, what is the goal of following Jesus? Well, I mean, there's, there's lots of correct answers you could give to this Mm -hmm. but here jesus presents i think what we could say is the ultimate goal Mm -hmm. and that is that we would become children of god that's right like john chapter the many of the gospels highlight this john chapter one is probably the one that's clearest about this that he came so that those who would believe in him he would give the right to be be called children of god you read through the letters in the in the new testament the word Christian is almost never used to talk about the identity of a follower of Jesus. I mean, right. it's used like oh, what, three times, two times, three times. Right. Um, but the one of the primary identities of um, God's people is that of children, sons, daughters, family, brothers, sisters. That is the primary language that gets used throughout the New Testament. And that's not just like, hey, guys, we're all buddies and with each other. It's actually a real important mark of status in the universe that you're one of God's children. Yep. And so, okay, what are we trying to do? Why, why did Jesus come? He came to bring many sons to glory so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren so that we would be called children of God. That's what he came to do and to bring about. That's the goal. That's what we're going for. But then how do I achieve that goal? Well, then he gives us this secondary goal underneath that, and that is do the will of God. Right. And I think that's really important. Whenever we run into a lot of questions about how should I handle this situation at work, what should I do in response to this person who's mistreated me? What should we do corporately in our churches, in our worship or activities or whatever? Well, as children of God, what is the Father's will? Mm-hmm. That's the question. What is mm-hmm. the Father, what would, what would make the Father proud of us, pleased with us, happy with us? What would make him smile upon us and bless us in that way? Right. As his children, how do we do the will of the Father? Right. Well, and I think this is beautiful because uh, one thing this does is this levels the playing field, too. Absolutely. You know, you think about this. There's lots of families um, that I might like to be in that I'm not getting in. No matter what I do, you know, I ain't going to be a part of that family. Um, You know, I ain't going to be a part of the the family of the mayor of New York. I ain't going to be in the president's family. I ain't going to be in, uh, you know, LeBron's crew, you know. There are certain groups that you just can't get in. What's amazing about this is... Jesus doesn't say, "Hey, you know, I got a family, and you're and, and you ain't getting yep. in it. Like you, you ain't part of it. You know, this is this is invitation only." Jesus is inviting everyone into his family. Jesus is saying, "Hey, this is it, everybody can be part of God's family. Everyone can be a child of God because everybody can choose to do the will of God." Yes, I think that's encouraging yes. and helpful and a reminder here that uh, Jesus doesn't discriminate. 
when it comes to the gift uh, that he's offering uh, of a relationship with God. Well, and that is, I mean, so much of human life and kingdom life, Christian life, is about relationships and how you I mean think about how many sins in the Bible mm-hmm. are are not at least uh, in the most direct sense they're not direct confrontations to God they are the affronts mm-hmm. to God I should say whenever we do something wrong but it's in how we treat others right. how we respond to how others treat us and whether we help or don't help or whatever all these kinds of things how do we uh, figure out how to deal with those relationships well this is the context of it right. you do the will of God understand that you want to be a part of his family and as part of his family it's not just you have a vertical relationship with God but you have horizontal relationships with his children Amen. and that's that's a really uh, central part of how we properly relate to God so Amen. I mean this this little section at the end is I, I think like you said it, it frames up so much about um, how we think about following Jesus and what it looks like following Jesus the relationships we have in following Jesus what's our goal we want to be children of God we want to be in God's family that's what it's all about so that when the end comes and God comes back his children are going home with him those who right. do not serve him they're going to be cast out right. but those who are God's children are going home with him all right how do I make sure I'm in his family you do the will of God but then that kind of still begs the question how do I even determine what the will of God is how do I even know let me read the beginning part of chapter 4 because I don't think it's an accident. This is the very next story right, um, right after this. So let's, let's read it and then let's talk about the story and what it means on its own, but also how it relates to this, this question of um, being in the family of God, doing the will of God. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into the good soil, and produce grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, I think this is kind of shocking. Um, and I'll tell you why. You know, Jesus is very popular, large crowds gathering to him, so many people that he gathered, he, he has to like jump in a boat. Um, to get and, space yeah. to, for people to hear. Yeah, just to be, right. a, just to be able to get you know, space, uh, enough personal space that he can actually project and everybody hear what, he is, uh, what he's saying. Um, and then Jesus starts so- telling them a farming story. Yeah. I'm like, this is a carpenter. Like, you know, right. he's not even a professional farmer. But he just starts, can you imagine, like, walking all day? You know, you remember when we were in Zimbabwe, there people would walk four hours to hear the Word of God. Can you imagine, right. like, taking a trip, like, hours to get here to hear Jesus? Yeah. And uh, and all he does, he starts telling you. And imagine you're a farmer, like you show up, sure. and here this guy starts. And you're coming because he's a famous rabbi who's no one's ever taught with right. authority like him, and right. he does mighty deeds and all this kind of stuff. That's right, yeah. And he, 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 these the, the, these miracles and healings, and here he just want to talk to you about how to farm. And not only that, but he's not a very good farmer either. Like I mean, the story is really strange. This is a reckless farmer who just wastes his seed, throwing it everywhere. So I think on the on the on the just a, a a surface level, if you're showing up here, this is this is pretty weird. Like what Jesus is doing here. No doubt, no doubt. 
Now, Jesus will go on to describe, and I think it might be worth us looking at at least the, the thing that sets up him explaining the parable. He ends up explaining the parable to some, though not to all. Which right. I think, like I said, I think we'll circle back to that in a minute. Right. But he explains the parable. He says, hey, this is one about the Word of God. The seed is the Word. Right. And all these soils represent different people and their response to the Word. Some people have hearts that are hard, like pavement that's been packed down. The seed drops on it. Nothing happens except Satan comes, snatches it away. Hmm. Some people are shallow, like soil that has rocks underneath it and a little tiny layer of topsoil, but it can't get down and get any roots. So if you're gonna let the word, of, if you're gonna have a shallow heart and a shallow approach to God's word, it hits you. But once it gets hard, I'm out. I'm not doing this. And then he said, "There's the divided soil, soil that yeah, the the seed is growing, the word of God grows some stuff, but there's also thorns that grow up." And it doesn't necessarily totally kill the plant. It's still there. It doesn't say that it died. It just kind of gets choked out and it doesn't bear any fruit. And then there's the good soil, the soft soil, the open soil, the clean soil that the seed is planted in and it grows and really produces fruit. But this agricultural farming imagery is teaching people about the Word of God. And this is how, maybe circling back to what we talked about, okay, what's the goal? I want to be a child of God. I want to be in God's family. How do I accomplish that? I do the will of God. How do I know the will of God? I listen to the word of God. Right. The beginning and the end of this parable gives the key of what this is actually about. It's not actually about farming. But the opener and the closer, Jesus says, listen, in the right. first line. His first word is listen. And then his last line in verse 9, and he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This whole parable is um, imagery for different responses to the Word of God and whether or not I'm going to listen. Right. Do you want to be in God's family? Yes. Okay, you got to do the will of God. Okay, great. I want to do the will of God. How do I do that? I need to listen right. to the Word of God. Well, and I think that's uh, sobering because the question is not whether I hear, yes, but how, how? do I hear? Great he point. who has ears to hear, let him hear. The implication Jesus is making is not everybody who hears is truly actually hearing. And... Um, and, and I think as we read this parable, we ought to be asking, uh, asking ourselves the question, like, hey, which of these soils am I? Right. What kind of a hearer of God's word am I? Am I the kind of person that I've heard God's word and I hear the word of God and then I'm like, yeah, you know, I should make a change. I, I really should make a change. I'll do that tomorrow. But before I actually do it, Satan comes and snatches that word right out of my heart, you know. Oftentimes, that's the way we are, right? We, we say, hey, you know, I know I needed to hear that. That message was really good. I'm going to start working on that tomorrow. But before we actually start the actual word, Satan comes, he snatches the word right out of our heart. Or am I the guy Which that, I wouldn't say I'm hard-hearted. Yeah. But if I do that, right. I'm having a hard heart that's toward right. the word of God. Sorry, that's I had right. to cut you off. But no, that's, that's right. And, 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 and so, you know, this is the thing. This is one of the dangers. I think don't assume that you are the good soil. Right. Don't assume that you're the one who is just uh, you know, receiving the word exactly the way God wants. Uh, these people are coming to him. These are people who are hearing the word. You would imagine many of these people are in the synagogue every week. You know? They're in church all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why they're out here. You know, they, want to hear, they want more than just the regular church. They're taking, they taking their off Traveling days. To the sea. They're, they're taking days off work to go and come and, and, and all the way out to here to hear the word of God preached. These are people who are religious. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, even the, uh, the second one there, think about this, how, how often are we the people who, um, you know, when we first hear the word of God, man, this is amazing. This is so beautiful. This is, this is life changing. And it just, we're radically transformed by it. But as time goes on, 
eventually the sun comes up. Right. The sun comes up and starts to hit us and wear down on us, beat down on us. The trials of life really are pressing on us. And, and what happens is uh, that we get choked out. Uh, it, I, I think this is an instructive too because um, this teaches me it's not just about my initial response, but also about developing those these deep roots in There's the Word depth, of God. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes what ends up happening is um, I hear the Word, I love it, but I don't ever really learn it for myself. I, I'm just kind of, you know, I go to church, I hear a message from day to day, but I don't let it take deep roots in my heart. I don't meditate on God's Word. I don't think about how it needs to change me and how it needs to be on my mind and my heart. And so when the, when the trial comes, when the temptation comes, I can't say like Jesus said, it is written. I don't have any word in there. Sure. Like the word, I haven't developed that depth, those deep roots. It reminds me of Psalm 1. Um, the, the, the righteous man is like a tree planted by streams of water. Why? Because he delights in the law of the Lord and his yeah. law he meditates day and night. Well, and, and to that point, because you're kind of talking about even just getting the, the biblical information, the spiritual um, knowledge. Right. But then there's also another piece of, there's some parts of the Word of God which express His will. I'm like, yes, amen. I love mm -hmm. that. But then it doesn't get very deep. Maybe there's some right. outward kind of structural things. I'll stop doing a couple little bad things I was doing before, or I'll do some of the you know, outward religious stuff. But when it comes to the depth of dealing with my anger, dealing with my lust, dealing with my pride, dealing with that bitterness I have towards someone who mistreated me, dealing with whatever, the my, my greed, all these things, I don't really let God's will... Um, get down deep inside yeah. of me and really start reworking some of that stuff. I don't do the work of, like the scripture says, to confess my sin. I don't do the work to cut off my hand or pull out my eye, like Jesus would say, whenever you right. got something that's leading you into sin. So I don't ever allow it any depth to grow. It's that's just right. sort of this surface level stuff. And then eventually, even that's uh, like things are just going to get hard. And if I haven't actually been spiritually formed, not just informed, but formed and transformed as a person in my heart, then it's not going to last. And, I, and once the trial comes, I'm scorched. I'm done. I'm not even going, why did he stop going to church? He loved going to church. Why did she start doing all this bad stuff? She was never doing that. Right. Well, because she never let it get deep. She right. kept it surface level. He kept it surface level. Well, and that's the, that's the thing, right? Um, eventually, the sun's coming up. Yep. Eventually, the trials are coming. And sometimes we might be deceived and think, ah, I, you know, I'm, I know I'm not really, I know I'm not really taking God's word that seriously. I know I'm not really listening that carefully. I know I'm not really changing as much as I need to, but it's not a big deal because the sun hadn't come up yet. Mm -hmm. But when the sun comes up, that's when we really get tested. And that's when we really get, we, our true character gets revealed. Um, I think this parable reminds me, I need to be working now on my, on developing those deep roots so that when the times of trial and testing come, I'm prepared. You don't want to be trying to trying to develop deep roots when you get hit by the sun. Right. You know, when the tri trials of life hit you hard, you want to have those deep roots so that you can endure. Um, think about the tree that survives. It's the one planted by streams of water because he's got this this never flowing, uh, never stopping, uh, ever flowing sense of nourishment yeah. that's always there, um, even when it's not raining. That tree planted by streams of water still has that that source of a source of nourishment because he's got that, that water running through. The Word of God is that way. If I let the Word of God take root in my heart, and then, then even, even if I don't have a Bible nearby, I can still be okay because I, I, I know God's Word and I can, I can lean on it for nourishment and for strength yeah. in times of trial. Well, that leads into the, the next time of soul, the thorny, the thorny soil or the person who has a divided heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the Word of God. Maybe even I let some of it get deep. 
I also love other things, the cares of this world, as Jesus would say about this, and, and getting caught up in uh, verse 19, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. So I desire the word of God. I see it as a treasure. It's the thing that I care about more than anything else, except for the days when I care about other right. stuff, things right. going on in the world, my bank account, um, you know, what's uh, office politics, national politics, global politics, whatever the thing, it cares of the world. And all of that being oriented toward, I've got to take care of myself. I've got to make sure I have enough money or more money or, or whatever the case may be. Well, I'm, I'm dividing my heart. Even if I am obedient, I'm not like that hard heart person who hears the word but doesn't do anything with it and Satan snatched away. Mm. Even if I get deep, I'm not like the shallow soil person who I do break up some of those rocks and I'm really trying to deal with my anger, my pride, or my lust or whatever. But then I also am just divided. I'm pulled in different directions and I'm not really just locked in on the Lord and his kingdom. This is why this relates so directly to the last thing. Mm. Who's the person in God's family? It's the person who does the will of God. Mm. Everybody, Jesus would say in another place, gets one master. You get to pick one person or one thing that you're going to really serve. And you can't because, and it may be in the moment, you can be like, well, I serve this master and that one. And we kind of, because eventually there comes to a point of decision where your two masters come in conflict if you try to have two. Anybody who's ever tried to cheat on somebody or lie or, or whatever, you know that this is how it works. That eventually those two come into conflict and you have to pick one or the other. And usually you end up destroyed by both if you really try to live that way. It just wrecks you. And here Jesus is saying, if you're really going to do the will of God, you have to make God's word alone the thing that fills up your life so that you can be that tree that's planted by rivers of water, not the thing that's uh, pulled in different directions. Yeah, it reminded me of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, don't be, looking, don't be searching for food, for clothing, um, for all these things um, <clears throat> that the nations run after. And truthfully, the nations do run after all these mm -hmm. things. The, the nations do chase all of these things. Um, but that's because they don't know God. We, now that we have the word of God sinking deep in our heart, it ought to be that we say, hey, you know what? I'm going to seek first his kingdom and trust that God is going to take care of them. Sometimes, though, that word is not united with faith. Right. When the word seeks deep in our heart, it's not united with the faith in God that God is actually going to provide for me, that God is actually going to protect me. And so I try to have God while also chasing after all these other things, running after the things that the nations run after, um, and I'm not really running after God. Think about the deceitfulness of riches is a big part of that too. Um, and I love that he says the deceitfulness of yeah, riches. Yeah, true. Because none of us think that we're, we're greedy, you know? None of us, there's always other people out there, you're like, ah, that guy's greedy, you know? I'm not like that guy. Um, but, but riches can be so deceiving. Uh, and, and, and the more you get, the more you think you need. You don't think you need, I don't need what that guy out there has, but I, but I just need a little more. A little more, you know, a little more. A little more. And, it, and what it does, it, it just takes me down a path that is away from God. And it's, it's so scary because, because oftentimes we're completely blind to it. The rich young ruler, which we're going to talk about a little later, um, is a good example of that. Here's a guy who comes to, comes to Jesus thinking he's done it all. You know, it's basically, hey, Jesus, what's left? I know I've done almost everything, but is there anything left? And he, he, he's completely blind to the fact that his wealth has just uh, become a huge idol in his heart that he's unwilling to give up. Uh, so we got to watch out for that. And, and, and part of the work of, uh, of doing the will of God is pulling the weeds out of my heart. Right. These thorns that get into the soil of my heart. 
I got to go through and I got to take inventory and say, hey, what's what's choking God's word out of my out out of my life? What's keeping God's word from actually producing in my heart and in my life today? And and because that's what we're trying to do, we're trying to get to that good soil, right? Where we're not hard rejecting the word of God. We're not shallow, only doing little bits of it here and there. And we're definitely not trying to be this divided soil, self-deceived about what's going on. We want to be that good soil that produces fruit. Um, the fruit being doing the will of God and therefore being counted as members of God's family. That's our goal. Okay, so I want to be a child of God, which means I want to do the will of God, which means I want to listen to the word of God. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? How do I know whether I'm doing that? Mm-hmm. I think verses 10 through 12 are really helpful in this um, vein. So if you notice in the text in, in Mark 4, you got the parable in verses 1 to 9, and you get the explanation in verses, uh, what is that, 13 to 20. And in between, there's kind of the the key that unlocks this whole deal. The key that unlocks uh, being a true listener to the Word of God, and therefore a true doer of the Word of God, and therefore a true member of the family of God, a true child of God. What's the key? Verse 10, it says, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. You know, notice in verse uh, 1, it says a very large crowd was there. Now it's not a large crowd. I don't know where they went, but they left at some point. At some point, they all left. They right. Maybe it was because it was too strange or unexpected or not what I wanted or not what I was looking for, whatever the case may be. But then there's this small group that comes to Jesus right. and ask him. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Mm. And one version of this is Jesus saying is, I've purposely made this so that nobody can understand it except you special people, which is kind of what he's saying, actually. I mean, it is. But what's the difference with the people that are given the secret and the people that are outside? These people asked. Right. They sought the answer. Right. They came to Jesus, and they kept coming to Jesus. Jesus would say, uh, knock, and the door will be open. Mm-hmm. Ask, you'll receive. Seek, I think we're going to out of order, but seek, and you will find. That's right. That's the promise. And th- therefore, if you don't seek, you won't find. If you don't ask, it won't be given. And if you don't knock, the door won't be opened. It's up to you. Are you going to do that or not? If you do, then you will become a listener because, of course, you are. You're asking questions, so you're going to listen to the response. You will become a doer because you're investing yourself that much in it. You care that much to ask and put yourself on the line. You're going to be drawn more and more as you seek God, as you seek his will. And you will be one of his children, one of his true children, who's wanting to know his will, who wants to hear his word, who wants to really live uh, like we ought to live. Yeah, and this, I guess, just reminds me that um, not everybody who's a fan of Jesus is actually interested in following Jesus. Um, Amazing how small the crowd gets after just a simple parable, you know. Um, But, again, I think there's this glimmer of hope. Hey, I don't have to walk away when when I hear Jesus' word. Even when I don't understand, I can come and ask. I can come and seek. I can come and knock. And he will answer. He will let me. He he will let me in. Um, Jesus is not trying to hide this from them. He's trying to test them to see will they come will they seek me are they genuinely interested in 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 searching for me or not and and the sobering i guess thought for me is not everybody who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom yeah only those who 
do the will of the Father. There's going to be many people casting out demons, prophesying, doing miracles in that day who Jesus says, I never knew you. Um, and the reason is because they didn't do the will of the Father. I need to be asking myself, hey, am I just in this? Am I just, am I just a, 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 you know, somebody who's in this to, to hear and move on? Am I just trying to, uh, you know, attach on like a little piece of Jesus to my life? You know, my life is already pretty good. I'm just going to, I'm just going to add a little bit. Jesus is not interested in becoming a popular preacher. He is interested in making devoted disciples. Yep. He wants people who are about doing his will, doing the will of God. And I need to ask myself, what am I looking for? Am I, am I really interested in making Jesus king of my life? Or am I simply lo- looking at somebody I, I could be a fan of, somebody I could you know, admire from a distance? That's right. What's your goal? When you come into the way of Jesus, what's your goal? Mm. What this passage teaches us, my goal should be to seek out answers from Jesus, to right. ask him That's right. so that I can listen to the word of God in truth as it really is, so that I can do the will of God so that I'll ultimately be counted as a child of God. Amen. That's got to be our goal. That's the path. That's what we're trying to get here. And the beautiful thing is, back to your point earlier, anybody can. That's right. Anybody was welcome to come ask Jesus a question. Jesus wanted everybody to listen, to hear his word. He who has ears to hear, all y'all, let him hear, anybody. And all of us have the opportunity by the grace of God to do the will of God, and therefore all of us can be children of God if we'll avail ourselves of that opportunity. That's right. Do you want to be a child of God? Wonderful. Do you want to be the, the, the good soil that produces great fruit? Wonderful. Go and do God's will. Amen. Thanks as always for listening. Hope these things help you. If we can help you in any way to follow in the way of Jesus to do these things or to find answers for how to do these things, let us know how we can help. We'll catch you next time. The aim of The Way BK is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ across Brooklyn and beyond. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.thewaybk.com.